This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, February 3rd, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. In states where certificate of need laws govern the creation of birthing centers, just how is need being defined? Anastasia Bowden, the new director of the Robert A. Levy Center for Constitutional Studies, and herself an expectant mother, describes how birthing centers work and why the desires for patients ought to trump a bureaucratic definition of need. Most people, and good for them, quite frankly, uh, are unaware that at the state level, if you want to uh, improve a medical facility, if you want to expand a medical facility, if you want to create a new medical facility, um, you, the business, often has to ask permission from the government, and that often means asking effectively of the permission of people already operating in medicine in the state. So very briefly, just we've talked about it many times on this program, but uh, detail that process. Sure. In over half of states, if you want to add a hospital bed or buy some medical equipment or maybe start a new uh, medical facility, you have to prove that you're needed first. You have to prove to uh, a selection of bureaucrats, to their satisfaction, that another competitor is needed. But in practice, the bureaucrats defer to the wishes of the existing businesses. And so those of us who are familiar with these laws, certificate of need laws, tend to call them competitors veto laws um, because in reality, the incumbents control who is let in uh, to the market. And in in the particular case of uh, what are known as birthing centers, these are facilities that are aimed directly at women about to give birth. Uh, coincidentally, you are about to give birth, and um, so describe well describe what a what a birthing center is and uh, how the certificate of need is typically applied to those kinds of centers. Sure. Birthing centers are simply alternatives to hospitals where women can obtain uh, prenatal, postnatal uh, services and also give birth. And they're legal in all 50 states. Uh, they're, they're usually otherwise highly regulated anyway. They are staffed by certified nurse midwives. They're overseen by physicians. They can only cater to low-risk births. Um, and they have comparable outcomes, health outcomes for, of course, women and children. And and they just offer an alternative. They let people have more autonomy over the birthing process because they they tend to give women more choices over who they let into the room when they're birthing. They offer things like warm baths. Um, they comport with people's personal values. They let you control your process. And so they are becoming increasingly popular. But of course, regulations and particularly these certificate of need laws are strangling them such that even though they're legal, in effect, because the incumbent businesses um, control who comes in, the hospitals are not allowing birthing centers to arise in many states. As the father of three and with three different radically different uh, experiences with the births of my three children, I'm, I'm fairly sensitive to this issue uh, in my state which shall go nameless, but careful listeners will know exactly what I'm talking about. There are zero birthing centers, uh, a place that, uh, based on our experiences with hospitals, we would have strongly preferred um, when states, and by extension, the bureaucrats in charge of making that decision, decide whether or not a birthing center is needed. Are they looking to hospitals as a perfectly fine alternative to birthing centers? They say, no, no, no. 
just go to the hospital. Is that effectively the message that's sent? A lot of times, yes. So in a place like Iowa, uh, for example, you have to prove that you're needed. And largely we've seen that uh, the bureaucrats decide you're not needed because you can just go to a hospital, even though a hospital is a totally different birthing experience. But then there's other states like Georgia where... uh, in the example of, of one woman entrepreneur I know, I formerly represented, who was trying to start a birth center there, the state acknowledged she was needed. It acknowledged that her birthing center provided something different and unique and wanted by women that was lower costs and um, would give them something different. And yet she was not allowed to start up because you actually literally have to get the permission of a hospital in Georgia and she could not get the permission from one of three hospitals there. So it kind of depends on the state here. Um, You see it both ways. Some are a little more subtly anti-competitive and some are more outright anti-competitive like Georgia. So uh, to, to understand when we talk about a certificate of need, what we're really talking about is a certificate, some sort of certificate of, uh, you know, need is such a subjective thing. Uh, when they say that there's a need for this, does that mean that there's not a need for it? Does that mean the waiting lists for this service is only a month? Does that mean that, uh, there's not enough people who would show up out of the woodwork to consume the, the, uh, services of the facility that you want to build? How do states even begin to evaluate this? Because when I, when I think about a birthing center versus a hospital, it's like you said, they're, they're dramatically different. And the notion that the bureaucrat in question would just simply say to a woman, this is not something that you need, uh, even though it's something that you want and there's no you know, health or safety reason for preventing you from having it. It's just, uh, I think that's especially troubling for women who are entering one of the most vulnerable moments of their lives, which is giving birth. Absolutely. And that's exactly the question. Whose need? What does need mean here? Uh, The state doesn't tell applicants. It leaves the burden on them to prove it. Uh, It's a very arbitrary and vague standard. And even the best entrepreneurs can't predict or prove that they're needed. What we do in this country is we let them come into the market and find out by opening their doors and letting individuals decide what they need. And here we have the government telling everybody what they need, what they think is needed. Um, and and I think that that just goes to show that that it really leaves entrepreneurs between a rock and a hard place. Um and it, and it leaves this discretion to bureaucrats who can't possibly predict what every single uh, woman in this circumstance wants or needs. Do we have a sense of the differences between states that have certificate of need uh, and states that do not in terms of the availability of that kind of service, or that kind of facility? Yeah, there's a lot of research on certificate of need laws. And what we find, of course, is that in certificate of need states, there are fewer medical services of that sort. And that makes sense because the entire point of certificate of need laws is to reduce the number of competitors in the market, to limit them to only when they are truly needed. So, of course, we find worse access to care. And I think very predictably, when you drive down supply, you also get higher health care costs. So, the the research on this is is 
pretty one-sided in showing that there is there are fewer services, they are more costly services, and of course the quality goes down. There's one exception to that, which is in highly technical medical fields having to do with uh, uh, heart surgery and things of that nature. When you channel all of the business into a monopoly and you have one provider, there is some evidence that that provider does provide better quality services because they have more repetition of their service and they get better at it. But in every other field, the evidence shows that uh, certificate of need laws either have no bearing on quality or they make quality worse. A lot of this is tied up in politics, right? It's uh, hospitals or um, any other uh, organization that has a lot of physical infrastructure in the healthcare field probably is uh, has the ears of lawmakers in state capitals. But, you know, are there examples of states that have done a good job, uh, you know, you know, having certificate of need before and now they don't have it and there's wonderful things that happen? Well, repeal is really, really, really hard to come by. Once these laws are on the books, it's almost impossible to get them repealed because you have the medical industry, hospital associations showing up at the Capitol and saying you cannot take these laws off the books or people will die. Right. That's always what they say. Um, But because the research now is so overwhelming, we are seeing small reforms in states. Florida recently um, repealed a few of its certificate of need laws, and and there is a bigger push for it. But it's just too soon to be seen because it's been so difficult to get repeal. Uh, these laws have been on the books since the 1970s. Um, when the federal government conditioned federal funding on having certificate of need laws. Now, within a decade, Congress recognized that they were bad and it took those incentives away. Even Congress recognized that this is a law that needed to be repealed and should be taken off the books. Um, But again, once they're there, they're very, very, very difficult to get rid of. And so I think we need more time um, for, for repeal to go through and to study the effects. Anastasia Bowden directs Cato's Robert A. Levy Center for Constitutional Studies. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.